The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for listening with us today. I am very glad that you have joined us, and I want to thank you also for liking the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook. That's so much fun to see that happening, you know, almost on a daily basis and, and uh, at least several times a week. So thanks so much for liking our Spirit of Recovery page there on Facebook. Thank you for posting on it. Thank you for sharing our uh you know, a notice about what the upcoming program. And thank you also for your emails, letting me know what's happening for you in your recovery and your spirituality walk. And um, also, you are letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about what's happening here on Spirit of Recovery, right here on unityonlineradio.org. And that is fabulous. It's just great to know that uh, what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery is reaching out, is making a difference for you in your life, touching your heart, touching your mind, and that you're sharing that with other people in your world, and it's making a difference for you. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And they're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen live via your computer or via your smart device. You can also go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. And now, you also, if you have an Alexa, A-L-E-X-A, enabled device, you can go there and you can um, hear all of your favorite Unity Online Radio programs there as well. You just, and you can go to your uh, 
through your Alexa-enabled device, such as Amazon Echo, and you can uh, go and ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio on TuneIn, and you can listen to Spirit of Recovery that way. Also, you can listen on demand. We have got several years' worth of fantastic programs, um, podcasts that are archived. You just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery, and you'll find lots of great uh, guests, lots of great topics, and things that are going to really enrich your life. So you can do that as well, and you can listen anytime that you want to. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place so that if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, you're welcome here. And I always want to make sure that family members know that family members can get in recovery too as a family member, that there are programs, there's uh, help for people that are, have family members uh, that are family members of those with the disease of addiction, and there's lots of wonderful support for families. So whoever you are, we're glad you're here. Perhaps you're just curious, want to know more about recovery, want to know more about how recovery and spirituality work. Glad you're here, glad you're listening. You're welcome to email in or call in a comment or question for my guest. I want you to know also that if you enjoy Spirit of Recovery and or any of the other great programs on Unity Online Radio, and if you would like to support this nonprofit radio station financially, you can do that. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one-time or recurring financial contribution to the nonprofit UnityOnlineRadio.org. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I am a unity minister and also an addictions counselor, and I am also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and 35 years ago, those people and this disease of addiction was a catalyst for me as a family member and a friend to get into an active program of recovery principles for myself and involved in unity principles. And that's a wonderful walk that keeps transforming my life and makes my life better and it uh, enriches me. And so I am delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas about recovery and spirituality with all of you. We got a great program today, as always. And our topic today is healing from within. I think that, you know, most of us understand that recovery is a process that comes from within. And it's that paradox. Spirituality is always a paradox. We alone can do it, but we can't do it alone. So, of course, although recovery comes from within, of course, we also are engaging support from mentors and resources of all kinds um, and, and working with that so that we can find that power that is within us and all around us and helps us to get willing to shift our internal attitudes and our outer behaviors. And, uh, you know, when we get in recovery, it's an invitation from our higher power to love ourselves more fully. So when you get in recovery, you know, you you work it through. You work through some of those initial things that uh, propels you sometimes um, not always from happy things. Sometimes, you know, you come in running in the door there. But whatever it is that gets 
a person into recovery. If you stay in recovery, what starts to happen is your life gets better and you get new, you start to understand new things, new ways of your life unfolding and you start to get interested in some deeper aspects of your life and deeper aspects of recovery. So the same principles that apply to recovery. Turning within, finding a spiritual practice, opening up to your higher power, making those connections with yourself and other people. That's the same process that's true of other issues and other diseases. So as we recover, we become interested in in a lot broader and deeper understanding of life, and we find that we can still use these recovery principles and ideas everywhere in our lives. So my guest today is going to be sharing with us about that. My guest is Richard Curtis, and Richard has been my guest several times on Spirit of Recovery and over the years, and uh, he's wonderful. He's got a lot of stuff to share. He himself is a person in long-term recovery. He got into recovery in 1974. He's also a Unity student, and he's a licensed Unity teacher, and he's also a person who's very interested and is uh, in the uh, Eastern martial arts and those arts that are healing arts and relaxation arts. So he is a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong. Uh, Richard is also a blogger, and he is a spiritual retreat leader. And in the last few years, Richard has uh, gained a new interest, which, as we said, is what happens when you stay in recovery for a long time. You find yourself broadening and deepening. He's a student of the internationally renowned uh, expert, Dr. Kevin Chen, who is an associate professor in the Center for Integrative Medicine and the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. And so Richard has been studying with Dr. Chen and and, uh, working with some of these practices. What Dr. Chen does is he investigates the use of Chinese energy therapy for treating arthritis, addiction, and cancer. And that's something that Richard's gotten real interested in is how to use healing modality and these recovery principles in the healing of from cancer. So Richard is going to be sharing with us today about how the principles of self-care and self-love that uh, he uses in recovery from addiction are also uh, the foundation of healing from any disease and in this case talking about healing from cancer. So Richard, welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Wow, Reverend Anna, I'm not. I'm not sure I can follow. I, I was enjoying your bio. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Wow. All right. I Where's thank you? you so very much for having me on. It's always a privilege to be with you here and help bring the voice of recovery to as many as uh, as many as that will listen. You know? So I'm just excited about this. Thank you so very much for the opportunity. You're Uh, welcome. Thank you. You know, when you read your bio and you read my bio, there's going to be several people out there going like, wow, when do they have time to live? And let me tell you, when you stay in long-time recovery, you know, you learn to budget your time. You learn to follow the spirit, follow your heart. And when the end of the day, everything got done. Uh Everything gets done. So. Uh, yeah, it's gotten busy, a little bit busy in life, but, you know, uh, if we are if we are the living description of the God of our understanding, then it's all okay. There's nothing wrong. That's right. Um, That's I, right. So, you know, Richard, go ahead. I, I was going to say, if I was to put a title on this thing, I've been sitting there thinking while you were talking. You know, in, in recovery, you have to have evolution. You have to, I, I've had to evolve. 
if I stayed the same person I was the day I walked in here, I, my chances of recovery would have been zero all along. So you and I and all those people who are in recovery have to change. It's a must, I believe. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's true. And I know that you, Richard, and, and again, I've been talking to you over all the years now that uh, I've been the host of Spirit of Recovery. And one of the things that always uh, uh, moves me about what you do is just what what you've just said, is that you are always open to growing, that you are interested in new things and that you pursue them. And so uh, one of the most recent things that you've been doing, I think over the last couple of years, is this interest uh, in the work of Dr. Kevin Chen and how he uses these healing modalities and a spiritual approach to work with people who are recovering from cancer. And I know this is, so this is one of those ways that you are expanding and, and you're continuing to grow and explore. So what got you so interested in working with, uh, this, uh, this, uh, these things that Dr. Chen is working with? Thank you. Well, and, and that's, I think that's where the word evolution came in because, you know, as you stay in recovery and, and get into long-term recovery, you start opening your mind and broadening your horizons, and spirit brings numerous new things to you. And as we grasp those and 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 be part of those, it opens even more, like an opening of a of, of a rose. It just keeps opening. I I have a my middle daughter, who I attend uh, another twelve step program uh, for. And she is also a two-time cancer survivor. So I was never never able to be very physically close to her while she was going through her cancer treatments. And as a father, I felt bad about that. Uh, as a man in recovery and, and trying to work two different uh, 12-step programs to the best of my ability, I really felt bad about that, that I wasn't able to you know, physically and emotionally be there to support her. And it was that little bit of twinge of guilt, I think, that kind of led me to start casting about. And when I started teaching Tai Chi and Qigong here in uh, Port Charlotte and Punta Gorda, Florida, I found that the inner qualities of a human being are is, is all we really need at times to direct ourselves to a healing. So in two years ago, uh, watching Dr. Kevin Chen very closely, he held a national retreat uh, for cancer patients to learn a new, uh, relatively new brand of Chinese uh, uh, medicine, Guol and Qigong, that was strictly targeting cancer. And so all of a sudden, my daughter pops into my mind, and my daughter-in-law's got cancer, and 14 different people I'm sponsoring got cancer, and three little old ladies here put to get got cancer. It's like, there must be a message here, God. I'm not sure what it is yet, you know. And uh, I saw that retreat, and I said, you know, I'm going to go to that. Mm-hmm. So I was the only uh, non-cancer patient that Dr. Chen allowed into the retreat, and that was based on my long-term uh, Chinese medicine uh, practice of Qigong, my Reiki practice of, of almost 30 years, my recovery of a long time. He felt that I had done the necessary inner work to be able to sit with these cancer patients. And uh, it was the greatest learning experience I've had in decades. 
I was able to see cancer patients who were just finishing their chemo or their radiation or were refusing to go through that and practicing Chinese medicine. And at the end of a week, seven very intense days, I was utterly convinced that this was the road, this is the right road. And I talked to Dr. Chen about bringing this back to this area because we live in an area with, with a lot of age, a lot of elderly, and a lot of very sick people. And uh, most of them don't have the money to, to go out here and play $40,000 doctor visits, you know, just wherever, whenever they have to, you know. So I wanted to bring something back that, was, that they could do themselves. So I had to call upon all of the 12-step training that I've had over these decades to be centered, to be the, the best description of the God of my understanding that I could, to be patient, to be kind, to be compassionate. All those things we learn in the 12-step programs, I had to now call forth. And after that week with Dr. Ken, Chen, I, I came back home and, and I knew that this was a way that I wanted to go. I don't have anywhere near the training nor the, the capabilities that Dr. Chen has, but I'm learning. And he's you know, guiding me along the way. And I'll uh, tell you a little bit later, but I have a session coming with him in October to try and further that. So and had I not had the STEP training in the, in the recovery programs, or both of them, had I not had the mentoring of sponsors, had I not been able to practice on sponsees, the, the arts of compassion and love, when you get to people who are dying, you need those skills. You absolutely need those skills because <laughs> it can be a very heart-wrenching and, and heartbreaking uh, event. And uh, I thought I was ready for that, and, and I think I am, but every now and then it's like, I really call on these programs. I really call on recovery. It's, it's, it's essential. So that, that's where I'm sitting today. And on top of all that, having wandered into a Unity Church in 1993 that allowed spirit to explode within me, uh, I've been in Unity ever since in both Orlando and now in Port Charlotte. And I find that the Unity philosophy is exactly what I've been looking for all my life. And I take it and I mold it with my 12-step programs. I mold it with my Qigong, with my energy work, with the golden Qigong, which is brand new. If you put all that together, you end up with a very centered life. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, you know, as we sit here talking today, with my wife listening, that's exactly where I am, a very centered life. Um, and it feels good. Now I have to share that with others. Now I have to share that with others. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where I'm hanging out right now. Wow. Tell us, if you can, a story about how you have worked with an individual, of course, respecting their own privacy and individuality and, and anonymity, but worked with a person who is recovering from cancer or who maybe made their transition um, through their experience of cancer. Um but tell us how you've done that and how what what do you actually do and how are you calling on your recovery consciousness to work with these people? When uh, when I returned from uh, the retreat with Dr. Dr. Chen, I, it had been my intent to bring this practice 
Uh, just a little bit of background. Madame Guo Lin, that's two names, Guo Lin, in China, had cancer in 1987. And she was a Chinese uh, uh, medicine doctor. She was a mm-hmm. Qigongist. She was a master Qigongist. And she said, no, I'm not dying from cancer. I refuse to do that. So she started working on her own cancer uh, through energetic work of Qigong and, and uh, herbology. And within a relatively short time, she was cancer-free. <laughs> she literally beat her cancer. And as the Chinese practice is, they have a strong community. Uh, early in the morning, they're all down in the park doing their Tai Chi or their Qigong or they're playing with their swords, but they have a very strong early morning community. And uh, she would uh, find one individual, and, and they'd say, yes, I'm suffering from, from cancer. She'd say, come here. And finally, she actually started teaching us. And everything in China at that time was controlled by the government. Uh, 1987, it, was in, it wasn't a very free atmosphere. And uh, the government kind of started looking at her like, what are you doing? You know, uh, we have hospitals for this, and we're the greatest in the world, and who are you to tell them what to do, that kind of thing. Uh, but it wasn't very long before the, the scientists and the doctors in uh, Shanghai and the National uh, Institute of Qigong figured out this lady knew what she was doing. And they kind of invited her in and said, uh, let's work together, you know. And, and she, was, she was good with that because they could spread it five times faster than she could. So she developed the training, and they started teaching. The training it takes about six months for a person to be a – Qigong facilitator of, of Guolin Qigong, and that's assuming that you already know what you're doing. So what happened is all over Southeast Asia, and if you go on the Internet right now and Google Guolin, G-U-O-L-I-N, you'll find all over YouTube little cadres of people that have sprung up to practice this, and they'll tell you that they're cancer-free. They don't take chemo. They don't take radiation. They don't take any of those those life-threatening practices, they do it naturally. Uh, now, that, that's not 100%. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it was. But it's a high enough ratio that many people in the Western world are really starting to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to bring to Punta Gorda and Port Charlotte. I mm-hmm. wanted to bring that success rate down here and say to these people, this works. So I held my first workshop, my first uh, goal in, in uh, December of last year, I had started out with 18 people, and they were in various stages of cancer, remission, or, uh, or just taking their chemo or their radiation, or they actually were in remission. And we had two people that were caregivers of cancer patients. And we had two people there that were there just because they had debilitating illnesses, uh, obesity being one of them. Uh, one of the funny things that they found out about this Qigong system is the intent and the motivation that you put in to the Chinese medicine. If the cancer is defeated, it normally takes most other debilitating illnesses with it, whether that's Parkinson's, whether that's uh, diabetes. They have numerous cases in China that they, they, they certify that when the cancer left, everything went with it. So, I mean, there's great, there's great hope there. I mean, that's just the hope on hope, I think, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, you start out with 18 people, and, you know, they all kind of fisheye you, like, yeah, you're really going to do something with my cancer, and I'm sitting on the other end going, yeah, I really hope God does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a situation, you know. I'm not a doctor, and I've never been a doctor, and I don't think I ever wanted to be a doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. So we went through the regimentation. We taught them uh, uh, the, the actual physical practice. We taught them some of the meditation practice. We talked to them about the first thing all people have to do in recovery, and I'm not talking about just cancer now. I'm talking about alcoholism, sex, drugs, rock and roll, as Mick Jagger would say, you know. You need to change your attitude. You need to have some attitude alteration here. The first thing we try to tell them is quit hating everything. You don't hate cancer. That just builds in a cycle of demolition in your uh, immune system. You don't hate the illness. You don't hate having it. You don't hate this. You don't hate that. That does nothing but crash your immune system and put you at the, the mercy of your illness. So we try to bring that philosophy about. And that may be the long-term effort, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can teach somebody how to move their hands, how to shuffle their feet, how to walk around. I mean, J. Fred Muggs, you know, Dave Garraway taught J. Fred Muggs how to type on a typewriter, you know, so it's fine, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, but how do we get people to change 70 years of thinking? I hate cancer. My mother died of it. My father died of it. I hate cancer. And then they get cancer, and what do they do? What they're saying is they hate themselves. So that's kind of a harder thing to change maybe than the physical aspects of it. And we did a eight-week uh, intensive course, one hour, one hour a week. Bless their heart, the local communities opened their doors. Everybody donated space. I donated my time that the people could come for free, uh, and that's the way it should have been, I think. And we ended the class after eight weeks with, I think, eight people. And uh, two of the people that had bailed out earlier were the non-cancer people. I want to talk about these two. The non-cancer people who were just physically debilitated with weight, very mm-hmm. obese. They were, they were, their, their knees were crashing. Their, their, feet were, uh, their feet were hurting from overweight. And they left. So let's keep that in the back of our mind. I'll come to them in a minute. But I had three cancer patients who had been through their chemo, had been through their radiation, and were trying to get back from that. And they practiced the Gaul and Qigong um, about three months, four months, and two of them kind of fell away. They're, they're just kind of went off into the sunset. But the, the last one is a, a beautiful young lady, and I'm going to call her Joy because it is a joy to see her. Uh, and she, she's making it. She's showing that this thing works. She's now out in, my, in, my, in one of my Tai Chi classes. She's now out doing the things in life that she wants to do, and she does her grueling, uh once a day, every day, just like we're supposed to, just like medicine. And she's showing not only me but herself and all the ones around her this works. Mm-hmm. So starting with 18, ending with eight, with one that's an absolute stark raving success, I'm thrilled, just thrilled. Mm-hmm. I use this young this young lady as a as a poster child. I jerk her out there and hold her for everybody to see, you know. And mm-hmm. and she's very very humble. She's very quiet and she's very unassuming. But she wants people to know that if you can change your attitude, 
you can change your life. Boy, does that sound like Wayne Dyer, huh? <laughs> yeah, sounds like sounds like twelve steps. Sounds like unity. Sounds like like a real any any kind of real uh, a spiritual path for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Joe, uh, uh, Rumi, Rumi would have been right in there with us. Mm-hmm. So here yes. I am. I've got this one lady that is really you know just I, I'm just thrilled with her that she's she's getting so so comfortable and, and so strong. So let's go back to the other two ladies for a moment. They kind of got lost in the sunset. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, gosh sakes, you know, can't, everybody can't work it, you know. Well, my wife's uh, a Tai Chi Qigong teacher, and uh, she started a new Tai Chi form that the U.S. government is pushing called Tai Chi for Better Balance. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell everybody, go find it. It's free. 12 weeks, twice a week, free. The local government will pay for it, you know. So it's really a cool program, Tai Chi for Better Balance. Well, these two ladies showed up in her Tai Chi class. And she said, wow, what are you doing over here? I said, well, we started doing the, the movements and the, and the Qigong for the Guala and Qigong. And they report that one of them walks up and down the hall. You know, they, they couldn't even walk. When I saw them in, in December... My wife reports that, you know, they stayed in the class. One walks up and down and does the movements in her passageway and her, in her uh, assisted living. They're actually alive. I mean, really alive, you know, not sitting on a, a scooter or not sitting in the chair dying. They're up and alive, and, and they participated through the Tai Chi for Better Balance 12-week program. Mm-hmm. You know, so while I was so honed in on, on cancer and Homed in on let's get some sex and say successes here. Guys, I understand said, you know, maybe I could use this over here. And the ladies took it to heart that if they change their attitude, they could change their lives. And by golly, they did. Isn't that cool, huh? It is cool. That is really cool. It's time for our break, but we'll be right back. And Richard, my guest is Richard Curtis. He's a person in long-term recovery. He's also a Unity licensed teacher. He is a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong. He is now a student of Dr. Kevin Chen with the uh, uh, energy Chinese energy medicine and is working and using his recovery principles to support people who are recovering from cancer. And our topic today is healing from within. Stay with us. We're going to be right back here on Spirit of Recovery. We're going to hear some more from Richard, and we'll also have a moment to uh, just relax and have a brief meditation. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. 
They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, um, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. And my guest today is Richard Curtis. We're talking about the topic of healing from within. Richard is a person in long-term recovery since 1974. He's a licensed unity teacher and a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong, and he's also a spiritual retreat leader, and he is a student of the internationally renowned expert, Dr. Kevin Chen, who's an associate professor in the Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of Maryland School of Medicine, and who's doing a lot of great work with um, using Chinese medicine and spiritual principles to help people who are recovering from cancer, and uh, Richard's been studying with him, and Richard's sharing with us about that. Before we get back to my conversation with Richard, I'd like to invite you to join me for a moment of meditation, the Serenity Minute, and a moment to just relax, to let go, and to make that conscious contact with your higher power. So I do invite you to to relax, to know that you are indeed filled with and surrounded in the love of your higher power, that all is well, because wherever you are, your higher power is, for your higher power is everywhere. Share with me this constructive idea. The healing presence of my higher power is within me and all around me. I let this power flow freely and abundantly in my life and I am healed. The healing presence of my higher power is within me and all around me. I let go and I let this wonderful healing power flow freely and abundantly around me and through me. And I am healed. I am whole. I am well. And so we take a moment in the quiet.
thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I do know that that was an opportunity for you that of refreshment, of relaxation, of peace, and of wholeness, and joy, and abundance. So thanks for sharing that with me. Now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Richard Curtis, and we're talking about healing from within. So, Richard, before the break, you were sharing with us a, a really wonderful experience that you had of uh, working with people that are recovering from cancer, that are doing that, and, and changing attitudes. And, and uh, again, different people are going to have different responses to that, but uh, those that stick with it in one form or another have positive results, of course, because they're finding that power within them. Absolutely, and uh, one of the things I have to do before I get too far is I thought I heard earlier there's a slight error in your introduction to me. I am not a licensed teacher. I'm about two semester hours away from that, but I'm not yet. Okay. All right. Thank you for making that clear. Well, I may think we'll I am see sometimes. You doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see, see you finishing up. We'll see you finishing yeah, up. There you go. Okay. You know, and you are an avid unity student. Okay. <laughs> I was privileged uh, this summer. My wife and I met with Dr. Chen and ah. had uh, had tea with him. And uh, he was he was pretty excited because the scientific community and the medical community has finally finally came around to the thinking that stress is killing people. And they've decided in the in the integrative medicine world that they're going to tackle stress as fast as they can, as hard as they can, as a prelude to any medicinal modality. Uh-huh. Uh, they actually are finding now people who die of cancer fear. They are not diagnosed. They do not have cancer, but they are so horrified, they actually die from the stress of that. How do they, tell us more about that. How do you, how do they know they're afraid of cancer? How- well, it's, it's, you know, my mother died of cancer. Maybe I'm going to have it. What do you think? Uh-huh. All of a sudden, it, it's it's not necessarily hypochondria. It's uh-huh. really a, a very deep she, uh, seated illness. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, that stress crashes your immune system. All of a sudden, you're you are now vulnerable to any uh, number of illnesses because your immune system is being crashed because you're afraid because you're under stress. So they 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 want they're trying to figure out how to attack the stress. Before you even get to the healing part. So what uh, kind of ideas do they have about dealing with stress? Or know, not many. Not many. That's what I'm going to do. In our well, mm-hmm. here's one for you, though. All right? uh, uh, Conyers, Georgia, you and I talked about this before. There's yes. a, a, <coughs> excuse me, a monastery there, the Monastery of the Holy Spirit. And every year, a group of about 50 men in recovery hold an annual retreat there based on the June 10th birthday of the original 12-step program. And uh, I've been privileged. This is my second time that they've asked me back. And I took to them something that was so freely given to me from from uh, the Unity philosophy. I, I was in April. We had two Unity ministers come that you probably know. Uh, they left Unity of uh, Austin, and one went to California, and one went on to, uh, I think, Wisconsin. But they held a workshop called uh, Assess Your Spiritual Gifts. And, and I know it's been done all over the Unity uh, community, but it's a, it's a way of sitting down and 
in about a four-hour workshop, try to bring to your conscious thinking spiritual gifts that you have discovered in your life, either based on recovery, based on a philosophy change, based on meditation, based on something. And I was absolutely amazed. I didn't, okay, here you go. Here's my horn blowing for the day. I didn't know I was as good as I was. <laughs> That's good. That's true. Well, it is good, and I mean for it to be good. I, uh-huh. you know, if somebody says, how are you compassionate? It's like, I can't think, what I mean, how am I compassionate? But if you sit down in, in a logical process and try to discover your feelings, your attitudes, and your and your ideas, you'll find out that God, as you understanding, is a mighty and powerful force within you. And it is manifested in many ways that you don't even seem to think about. You know, strength and courage. A lot of people don't say that they're strong and they're courageous, but yet they face life and they help their children and they they help people on the outside and they they go do strong things. They don't, see, they don't see that. They don't put a name on it. Well, this workshop just intrigued me to no end. And I looked at that and I looked at that and I said, this is a... 12 step inventory. Mm-hmm. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand Him in the 11th step. And then in the 12th step, tried to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Right. Well, I got to have something to be able to practice the principles. First of all, I need to know what the principles are. So that was the first hour of the workshop. We talked about the principles of a, of a recovery program. And then they started doing interior work. These are these are guys in recovery from one year to 53 years. And I'll tell you, Friday night I showed up, and they all sat there with their arms crossed across their chest looking at me like, yeah, sure, what are you going to teach us? <laughs> I'm sure you understand that, too. I, I do, yes. Ah, by the next morning, it was like, hey, I know this. I understand that. And by the end of the four-hour workshop, those 50-some men were able to look at their own inventory and say, my goodness, I am compassionate, and I am strong, and I am courageous, and I am disciplined, and I am so many other positive words. They actually saw the results of their 12-step efforts. They were able to codify it and put a name on it and even start thinking of using them in, in more great ways for humanity and themselves. It was the most awesome thing to watch those men come to the realization that they were really good people and then talk about it right? You know, and argue about it and give their input about it. And Sunday when we all left, it was like they were all shaking their heads as they went out the door. And I, I just think that's, you know, so anyway. I, it is. I, I, you I, know, that's, I mean, a couple things. One is that really that's the point of recovery. It's not to... It's not to just quit doing something that's destructive. I mean, that's the first layer, but it's about fulfilling your life, just what you're saying, you know. It, it's and if you, want to do, if you want to do something higher in life, if you're called to do something higher, and I used the example while we were off air, and I'll use it again, I suspect the Reverend Anna Schaus could have never achieved the greatness and the, and the, the uh, effectiveness in the ministry had she not done her own recovery work. And I know for a fact I couldn't have. Mm-hmm. The recovery work that I did in those those 12-step programs, and then still doing today, still doing today, 
is the basis that, and everything else I do in life is predicated on me being part of that basis of life of recovery. Absolutely. This this cancer effort is a noble effort. It is a higher calling. But if I wasn't ready for it, I could have brought a disaster into my life. I could have brought a disaster into somebody else's life, too. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do that. I want to do the highest calling that I possibly can that I'm equipped for, that I'm trained for, that I'm ready for, that I get excited about and and spread some of my love around. I, I want to do that. But to do it, you have to be in some form of recovery from all the things that I, I was doing wrong in my life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've also found out late in recovery, late in unity, early in uh, Chinese medicine and Chinese martial arts and Chinese philosophy, at a deeper level, there may be one or two, per- you know, everybody looks for pearls of wisdom. I look for those pearls of disdain. There were a couple, two things that were so buried deep within me that I could have never recognized them. I could have never seen them had I not done the late year recovery stuff that I'm doing now. I just had to keep looking deeper. And if I'm looking for more of the power greater than myself in me, I have to look deeper. And when I look deeper, if I see anything that doesn't, isn't supposed to be there, I better be able to treat that. And that's where the 12-step programs are so effective. They're so effective in being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. I, I get I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's absolutely true. It's, it is about using those. It's like the principles are, I say the principles are like a ladder. The 12 steps are like a ladder. I mean, you can take a ladder and you can prop it up against a, you know, the little short garage and you can climb up on the garage roof or you can, you know, take that ladder and put it up somewhere on the fourth or fifth story and you can climb up to the next story. The, the principles work wherever you put them and they keep you going, uh, in greater ways if you're willing to use them in every aspect of your life. And, and, you know, when we come to these recovery programs and then we go on and do higher things, you know, so many people think that this human humanity, this thing we're living through is a frail thing. I'm telling you, we are like resilient. We can take a lot of beating around, a lot of beating up and come right back and say, yep, I'm here again and I'm going to go higher and higher and higher. Uh, it's just incredible how much spirit will open up your vistas, open up your sight, open up your heart, open up the energy coffins, and let it all out saying, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to do in my behest. This is what I think should be done around you. And boy, you go, oh, gracious, look what I got here. Mm-hmm. And then you call your answer real quick. <laughs> That's right. So that the the fear-based externalized ego doesn't do like little Jack Horner and stick its thumb in the pie and say, look what a good boy am I when it pulls out the plum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it, there, are, there are no boogeymen. You know, Emmett Fox used to write a lot about the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying, there ain't no such thing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you look under the dark steps and the whistle in the dark, remember, you know, in Genesis it said, and God said, let there be light. So it seems that God started out in the dark. That's a good point. So, you know, for all those fears, for all those boogeymen, you know, if you, if we stay in recovery and we make some efforts to grow, at a, at a point in time, 
when you feel like this is, I found this when people start getting a little bored and a little antsy. Oh, that's a sure sign that something's coming down the pike. The mm-hmm. highest calling is coming. You better get ready. You mm-hmm. just better get ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes people think, "Oh, I'm bored," so that means I they kind of take a detour. But that's not the message. The message from boredom is that is that God's getting ready to open up a bigger place and you may have to face some pain or something that's unpleasant, you know, that's buried down there. But if you'll hang in there, you'll be amazed. The, uh, in China, in China, the, uh, the people who, uh, whether they're in recovery or not in recovery, if they come down, if they're, if they contract cancer and diagnosed, they, it, they are told that you must quit working and they're given a stipend from the government. And their job from that point on is to get rid of their cancer. That's their job. They don't want them going through radiation. They don't want them going through all that expensive and and very harsh uh, uh, practice. They want them to get rid of it in a natural way. So these people, the Guol and Qigong cancer routines, uh, they're doing them two and a half, four, six hours a day. That's their whole focus in life, get over my cancer meditating, some physical stuff, some, uh, some more meditation. It, it, it's, just, uh, it, it's just amazing that the lengths that they, they're so regimented and they're so discipled. You know, that's what it takes to defeat an illness that seems like it wants to defeat you. You have to be higher than it. What is it? You can't resolve, you can't resolve a problem at the level of the problem. You have to go above it. Mm-hmm. And that's what these people are doing, you know, six, four, six, eight hours a day. And uh, they're, they're winning. Mm-hmm. They're winning. You know? and, and the group that I ran here, I told them, I said, you know, how many of you are prepared to put everything, everything into your cancer um, treatment? And they all looked at me like, well, I don't think so. You, know, you mean I can't go see my grandkids five times a week? Uh, well. You know, unless you want to teach them how to do Kuala and Chicago, no. You need to do something for yourself. Now, the time may come when you're in recovery, when you've had your, your reprieve in life, that you'll be cancer-free and you can enjoy those, those grandchildren. I don't know. All I know is based on the practice that we see of others, just like the 12-step programs, based on our early pioneer days, the 12-steppers of 1935, taught the 12 steppers of 1950, 1980, 2000. This is the way we did it. And we believed them, and lo and behold, we recovered. So now Madame Golden in 1987 discovered the way to beat cancer, and she's taught it for almost 10 years. And now people have picked it up, and I can tell my local people, based on history and based on current practice, this works. You just got to change your attitude and do, do a little work. Right. I'll tell you, the Western philosophy isn't doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. We here in the West, like, you mean it doesn't come out of a, a hypodermic? It doesn't come in needle form? You know, can't give me a grip? What do you want? You know, it, it's going right. to take a philosophy change for the entire Western world. I, I, you know, to, to mm-hmm. accept you know Eastern philosophy and medicine. Mm-hmm. But it's happening slowly but surely. It's happening. Right, it's a shift, and let her to make sure. So, if people, if people are interested in looking up this name, it's spell her name again, and how they would find information, and and I guess also about Dr. Chen. If people are interested in looking it up, how would they find it? 
you would go to your local uh, Google uh, Google machine and, and you put in its two names. Uh, first name is Guo, G as in gold, U as in uniform, O as in oxter, Guo, and the last name is Lin, L as in lumber, I as in India, N as in November, Lin, Guo, Lin, and, and that should just, there's, I think there's even a Wikipedia page for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the International Qigong uh, Committee this year inducted her in as one of the greatest pioneers of Qigong uh, in all time. Wonderful. And, of course, Qigong is a practice. It's a it's an yeah. energy practice, right? A movement yeah, yeah, practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. and, and uh, actually, uh, Qigong is the original energy practice. Uh, uh, the Dharma brought it over the mountain from India, and then the Chinese kind of picked it up and said, wow, we can do this. And uh, they made various and this, <coughs> uh, energy practices out of it. And in 1294, Tai Chi was born out of it. So Tai Chi is really a a moving, flowing form of Qigong. And uh, Qigong, Qigong is a major component of traditional Chinese medicine. It's uh, the the interior practice and movement, uh, working working with your own energy through intention and motivation. Uh, where you put your attention, your energy goes there. Where you know, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, if I want to work against my liver, then I would sit and meditate, and there's various movements that you can massage your liver from outside, and your intention of energy goes to the liver, and by golly, your little liver says, I like this, thank you. you know? So, yeah, Qigong is, is uh, Tai Chi and Qigong for the last 20 years has been the fastest growing seniors effort over any other uh, exercise program. Because they see results. They see something that comes out of it. They don't just get sweaty. You know, mm-hmm. they see some results in their own energy. Right. Uh, which, is, which is good. Yeah. You know, one thing, as you're talking, of course, Richard, that really strikes me about the similarity between uh, the Madame Golen and the Qigong and Tai Chi and the energy medicine and the 12 steps is that it's really inviting the person to come into your own uh sense of spiritual oneness, your own sense of spiritual power to somehow open up to that constructive aspect of yourself. And and that's in ultimately that's what's gonna make a shift for you. What what would you say about that? I would say, you know, our the pioneers of the twelve step programs tried to demonstrate very clearly that this word that, that a lot of people shut away from is self. I'm not selfish. It's not for me. I, I, you know, they've taught all their life, it, don't go for yourself. Don't do this for yourself. Not for yourself. They tried to teach that, that self, which is a capital S self, the spirit of you, the life of you, the essence of you, is absolutely crucial to your well-being. So you better get into your self, capital S. And the Chinese learned that 6,000 years ago, and the Indians learned it 14,000 years ago. So we just are getting on the bandwagon finally of saying self is an energy body. It's a subtle energy body, and it can help us, so we need to go to self. And since it's the energy of us, the essence of us, there are some that could equate it to the power greater than yourself. That which heals you, that which makes you, that which is you, is really you, yourself. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of people in 12-step recovery programs are, oh, I don't want to be egotistical, and I don't want to be you know, this, and I don't want to be that. And it's like, you better be into yourself, because you're the only one that can do that. Right. Yeah. That's a hard concept I, to teach. That's a really hard concept. It is. And I think, you know, that the idea of the self with the largest or your, your essence is, uh, that's different than what I call the little fear-based sense of self i mean we need a sense of self but is it wrapped around it should we need to center it in our spirituality and this what you're talking about it what gets us in trouble is when we're centering it around our fears and then we create all this survival business that we do out there and all that gets us in trouble in many ways you're 100 percent correct and that's where that's where your healings come in that when that you empower yourself to take care of yourself and that's all with a capital s then you become self-based, and you're actually acting from the spirit of life within you. Yeah, wow, I love that. I love how you said that. Yes, that's the key. It, it, you know, I, I know in the Unity philosophy, and I watch a lot of Unity ministries work really hard. That, you know, We get a lot of people that come to us from other uh, philosophies and, and some religions that are fear-based, and they just stand there and shake their head and say, I can't do this. Well, they, they ultimately will do this, but unity works really hard to tell you, uh, tell the, the people in, in life, you're okay. We like you just like you are. Your self of you is really a neat thing. It's called the Christ of you. Mm-hmm. You know? And people just go, okay. And uh, that's what we do in, in Goal and Chicago. I tell them, you're perfect right as you are. They look at me like, I have cancer. So what? I have cancer. All of us have cancer cells. Every one of us has cancer cells. Yours happens to be metastasized or doing little funny things. Mine aren't. So what? Mm-hmm. I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, really? <laughs> they're not used to that. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. Our time is coming to a close here. But Richard, I thank you so much. It's just, it's. I love talking to you. You're full of life, obviously. And um, thank you for the work that you're doing and for your recovery and for your just passion to keep growing and learning and your wonderful uh, interest in being of service and uh, and for branching out and discovering these ideas and, and bringing them to people. It's, it's just a wonderful joy. It's always good to talk to you. Thanks for being thank my you. guest. Thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity to bring my recovery into the light of recovery of other modalities. There's a lot of illness out there. We don't have to just hang out in our own little illness. We can branch out a little bit and help other people. Amen. Indeed. Amen. Amen. So, is, is it okay if I tell you I love you on the radio? Absolutely. I love you, Anna Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Richard. I love you, too. I do. You're a light in my life. Thank you. And listeners, I love you too. So thanks for listening with us today. And go uh, let yourself be loved this week. Um, Look in the mirror and tell yourself how beautiful and wonderful you are. And uh, let that love shine through you and uh, touch others and let others' love bless you. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time 
for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify. 